Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. Welcome to Top Stories. I'm producer Chris. We're going back now, back to one truly happy day for mankind. There was reason for celebration in July 2013 as Britain welcomed a royal baby. It's Bugle issue 242, Woman Gives Birth. Top Story this week, on your knees, planet Earth, behold the baby king! On your knees! <laughs> Everything the light touches is your kingdom. <laughs> or, or it was. It was. There have been some quite serious historic developments regarding that. You see, we've still got Bermuda. We've still got Bermuda. On your knees, world! <laughs> the boy is here! <laughs> it finally happened, Andy. What... Yeah. A magical day of entirely precedented biology. <laughs> Princess Kate Middleton, in a way that only she could, Andy, gestated a child for nine months in her inimitable way and then gave birth to it in a completely unique, pushing it through her vagina motion, <laughs> only for the Queen to dive in and bite off the umbilical cord herself with her mouth, as is tradition, before dangling the baby over the balcony of Buckingham Palace in the now traditional Michael Jackson style and screaming, This boy will be king over my dead body! Before pausing and saying, Seriously, that is what is going to happen! I don't like the way that baby's looking at me! It's got murder in its eyes! <laughs> The news here in America, Andy, truly disgraced itself. I can only imagine how bad well. it was over there. Because I think the American news media officially cares more about this baby than the Queen does. That is the only way to explain the week-long thundering babygasm that everyone has been subjected to over here. 
I think well, I think the world's media in general seem to I think they love the baby more th- even than its own doting parents do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, the world has gone absolutely baby crazy. Uh, and um, the, the, the highlight of the coverage, though, for me, was uh, the first picture of the royal baby on the front cover of the Times oh, newspaper, our uh, classic former sister publication. Um, and <laughs> unquestionably, it had a picture of the little baby prince flipping its first ever V-side. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. It had two fingers po- pointing out just above its blanket. As if to say, F- you paparazzi, this one's for granny. <laughs> that, is a, that, is a king, that is a king I can get behind. It's unforgivable what you did. It's unforgivable what you did. Uh, the BBC um, really got stuck into this story. Publicly funded national broadcaster. Not everyone mm-hmm. enjoyed its coverage. It is constitutionally bound, the BBC, to broadcast in such a way that it can be criticised by all of the people some of the time, some of the people all of the time, but... Ideally, not by all of the people all of the time. But that does seem to happen quite a lot. And it was basically accused of going either over or under the top in its coverage by different ends of the uh, Republican monarchist seesaw. Um, and often, you know, when the BBC does go over the top, it cops an abusive machine gunning from trenches on both sides of the no-man's-land of neutrality it operates in. <laughs> but it could have at least... I think they should really have presaged their coverage of the royal birth um, with the warning, viewers are warned that they may find the editorial choices made in this report extremely distressing. <laughs> at least we know where we stood. The the baby crowned in every sense of the word <laughs> on Monday afternoon and is named George Louis Alexander, which is a fantastic choice, Andy, because historically Britain has had such a good experience with kings called George. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Uh, one of the weirdest moments during the blanket coverage here was a commentator pointing out that the Queen likes to go to bed at nine o'clock, so it would be a problem if Kate gave birth too late in the day. The commentator said, you do not want to rouse the Queen after 10.30pm. <laughs> and that's true, Andy. Why? Absolutely. Because she'll bite your f***ing face <laughs> off, that's why. If that baby had been born after 10.30, I believe the plan was to push the baby back into Princess Catherine's womb until the following morning when it could be born at, and I quote, a civilised hour. (laughs) You don't rouse the Queen after 10.30, Andy. She's basically like a gremlin. You don't rouse her after 10.30, you don't feed her after midnight, and you don't get her wet. That is why the Jubilee flotilla was so dangerous, Andy. One splash on her during that, and she'd have killed and eaten everyone in a three-mile radius. (laughs) That's a fact. Of course, it happened with Queen Anne at uh, her coronation in 1702. Of course. But it, uh, I mean, this simply has to be the biggest news story of the millennium so far, arguably more so even than that, John, because this, this precious child is our future king. One yes. day in maybe just 60 or 70 years' time, or maybe with the way medical science keeps improving and the fact that he's from a family that for a couple of generations now has been pretty effective at not dying, maybe even 80 to 100 years' time, this baby will be king, John. And I yes. personally could not sleep worrying about whether or not in... A time after I am long dead, there will be a male or female arse sitting oh, yeah. on my nation's throne. It has kept me, kept me awake at night, to be honest. The baby was born at eight pounds and six ounces, and no sooner had that statistic been released, there was someone on TV here pointing out that that was the heaviest royal baby in a hundred years. <laughs> Could we not even wait at least twenty-four hours to try to give him body issues, Andy? <laughs> Could- <laughs> 
can we not give that baby a single day of feeling good about himself? Also, if you really want to give that statistic some context, how about explaining what that weight really means in a real-world sense? If the baby was a steak, you could probably win a T-shirt by eating it. <laughs> if the baby was cocaine, it would have a street value of $64,000. If the baby was luggage, it would be well under the airline weight requirements, so no extra allowance would need to be purchased. Well, it wasn't um, just the baby giving, uh, being given body image uh, advice early on. His mother, uh, predictably, mm-hmm. was uh, overwhelmed uh, with advice of all kinds, uh, her royal mumminess. Um, and it can be really hard to separate the sweet corn from the pile of teeth. In fact, um, Kate Middleton, within hours of giving birth, was uh, given advice by OK Magazine. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, well, I know this, John, because I bought a copy, and I, have to say, I was very disappointed <laughs> by it. Um, turns out it was just... Uh, <laughs> Pointless celebrity chit-chat, not an academic analysis of the Austrian expressionist artist Oskar Kokoschka. <laughs> anyway, OK Magazine, hours after the birth, chundered its latest copy onto Britain's shelves with the front page, Kate's post-baby weight loss regime. And a magazine that had pre- devoted its entire existence to exploring never-previously-imagined swamps of irrelevance was then bombarded with fully-deserved abuse before hastily issuing a- an apology in which it said, Kate is one of the great beauties of our age. We would not dream of being critical of her appearance if that was misunderstood because of our cover. It was not intended. And they could have added to that. That said, yuck, big fat tummy, blah, wobbly, 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 all women should look pretend. (laughs) Uh, Prince Harry said that one of his key duties as an uncle was going to be to make sure that he has fun. And that shouldn't be a problem for Prince Harry, Andy. He's not afraid to ride the fun bus. Uh, he's not afraid to even drive the fun bus at times and drive it all the way to the Nazi costume shop. He knows what fun is, Andy. He knows he just had a, uh, Give the kid some slack, John. He just had a dodgy GPS. <laughs> Prince, uh, Prince Harry said it was fantastic to have another addition to the family and the newborn was crying his eyes out when he met him. Do you know why that might be, Andy? Because maybe someone told that baby Prince George that he was now third in light to the throne and he was screaming about <laughs> understanding that. Wah! In this day and age, what does that even mean? Wah! This is the best of ceremonial position. Wah! I'm only a few hours old and I already feel like a relic of a bygone age. Wah! Wah! And it was, uh, I mean, it was an absolutely historic moment uh, for the country. We all uh, cuddled around our national collective radio as uh, the news slowly broke. Firstly, that Mm -hmm. uh, Lady Jamelia Farwattle, the Countess of Classics, was roosting on the royal egg before Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge, was officially impositioned for the hatch. Um, Proving its royal princeliness, the sound of the egg cracking was detected by NASA satellites as far away as space. And the nation waited for news of what brand of baby had been spawned. And the atmosphere, John, let me tell you, around Britain was electric as hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> gathered around uh, big screens across the nation to watch live coverage of an empty easel outside Buckingham Palace waiting for a bit of paper. Uh, because this is how the news was broken to the nation of whether or not it was a boy or a girl. They had planned to screen the actual birth lives. I think we uh, informed you on the Bugle last week. That was scuppered when no deal could be reached with director Danny Boyle, who, of course, did the Olympic over- opening ceremony, over exactly at what point in the birth a 19th-century factory chimney should magically appear through the floor. Um, but it was uh, the nation waited to see uh, whether it would have uh, a king or a queen not actually reigning over it in any mm-hmm. concrete way in 60 or 70 years' time. Massive implications... <laughs> 
massive implications, not just for the nation as a whole, John, in a lifetime's time, but for late 21st century coin designers. I mean, this could really affect the way they go about their work in this country, whether it was feminine facial features or a proudly jutting male jawline. And the banknotes, I mean, assuming the banknotes still exist by then, which they probably won't, I mean, they will look so different depending on whose face was on them. And that, that explained the media coverage on. That shows you what was at stake. And a clue was given when a bicycle courier was photographed uh, at uh, arriving at the hospital, delivering a tiny crown encrusted with uh, sapphires. Uh, he was then seen cycling round the corner, stopping by a bin and dropping a pink diamond-encrusted crown into that bin. It was clearly at that point going to be a boy. And so it was. The royal baby was launched sporting a brand new set of royal drongle rod and galumphs. Um, <laughs> traditional infant garb dating back to Tudor times. <laughs> You just feel so rooted when these traditions come out, don't you, Andy? Just feel, you feel the depth of history again. That's what it's all about. Well, the relief was palpable, you have to say. Um, uh, and Prince William, uh, for all that he clearly should have married someone else for reasons of Britain's economic and political strategy in the global race. That's <laughs> what princes are for. But he seems quite fond of his wife. And he must have been relieved, John, that it was a son. Because genetics is genetics. And if Kate Middleton had spawned him a useless daughter... All those dormant Henry VIII genes would have come flooding to the surface, which would have been a constitutional nightmare in this day and age. Thank you, Brussels. And uh, Buckingham Palace quietly withdrew an advertisement from next Monday's Guardian job section for a new Lord High Executioner. So, relief all round. Thanks for listening. Support what we do by donating via thebuglepodcast.com. Premium tier subscribers can get their exclusive 12 inch vinyl episode of the show, which went to be pressed in the last week. Be better, be bugle. Oh, we're not going to adopt that catchphrase. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.